This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. From the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. It's awesome to be here with you today on a Friday. Absolutely love it. On the BetQL Network, every game here is Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you B and we bring you S. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. Coming to you live today from the Odyssey app. I liked that, by the way. I might start doing that every day. That was pretty good. So it happened accidentally. I liked it, though. You, you, did, we, you did that yesterday to bring you B not and the S. Same way, though, but not the same way, though. But not the same like way like that with the same way that I said it. That, was, that okay. felt different. That felt better. So you've been workshopping. You've been no. workshopping without us even knowing? No? You tried no. something different yesterday? Uh, I would say it's usually just like in the moment. I just do it. And if it's good, it's good. Right. And if it's bad, it's bad. Like yesterday, I thought it was okay. Been like playing around with it every day. But this was, uh, we, we bring you the B and we bring you the, oh, so it's no hot take BS. But we bring you B and we bring you S. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. Mm. <laughs> Remarkable. Glad to clap. Clap. Just really, 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 really excellent work. <laughs> Bring your bets, and we, yeah, and we, and we bring you the sports, and we bring you sports, and we bring you hoops <laughs> and the gridiron. <laughs> we bring you B, and we bring you S. We bring you football, and we bring you hockey. Coming to you live today from the Odyssey app and the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by our friends at Stadium from four to six Eastern. YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. And for all the people out there that are on YouTube and on Twitch watching the show, shout out to you. We very much appreciate you tuning in live on those two streaming platforms. Uh, we're going to have our social segment on the show today. Uh, still workshopping names. Real Ones No is the leader in the clubhouse right now, but we got some time to figure this out. So at 5 o'clock Eastern, we did this last week at 5 o'clock Eastern. It was, we liked it so much, we carried it over into the power hour. So here's what you got to do. You're watching right now live. You're on YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. What you got to do is in the comments, and we will reference this, and we will talk about you and your bet. And how fun is that? Who doesn't like to be talked about? Uh, tell us what your favorite football bet is for this weekend. I guess at this point, it's just NFL, right? And the more college bets for, for now, at least. So your favorite NFL bet coming for, up for Sunday. It could be a Monday night game also, but we prefer it to be Sunday. Your favorite bet for NFL Sunday could be a side, could be a total, could be a prop. Could be some kind of like same game parlay as long as it's from our show sponsor, BetMGM. Um, and make the case for it. Tell us why you like it. 
You can ask questions also, and we will do our best to answer those questions. Read the bets. It's going to be awesome. Uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash betql. It is now time for you, dear listener and dear viewer, to hashtag join the conversation. Join us by t- telling us your favorite football bet for the weekend on YouTube and Twitch. You can also hear us on radio stations nationwide, including Satellite Radio, Sirius 160, and XM205. As Ken and I are here, we bring you the wagertainment up until three, 7 o'clock Eastern time, where it's 3 o'clock now. We're talking all things sports betting, proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com and do so on this F3, three words that all start with the letter F, Phenomenal Football Friday, December 8th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Christmas rapidly approaching. How great is that? Our show on Twitter, at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram, at the Costos. Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. He's on X, at Lockie Lockerson. And how about this on a Phenomenal Football Friday? We do you the honor and privilege of bringing you five phenomenal guests. Our pal Sam Paniadovich will stop by. Football bets for the weekend, including the chuckle game. He's got a bet for us on Army-Navy as well. Sam will join us later this hour in hour number one of You Better You Bet. Colin Wilson giving us early thoughts on bowl season and college football from Big Bets on Campus. Anthony DeBundo from the Wonder Goal podcast, soccer bets for the weekend and what's becoming like a thrilling title race at this point in the year in the English Premier League. Brad Evans, our stadium teammate, giving us prop bets for Week 14 in the NFL. And when you hear the glass, it's your bookie's ass. Glasser 316 says, I just joined you better, you bet. 5.40 p.m. Eastern time for the glass man, his bets for the weekend. Coming up an hour, number three. Plus, we'll break down what was a pretty awesome Thursday night football game last night. By the way, how about Monday night, Bengals-Jaguars, Thursday night, Patriots-Steelers, being like two of the best primetime games of the season, two of the most entertaining primetime games of the season. Wouldn't have thunk it, but not unhappy about it. Fun games last night, good betting slate for Ken and myself last night in the NFL with all the props. I know a lot of people were happy with that. We will talk about the game last night with the Patriots upsetting the Steelers in stunning fashion. We did not think our executive producer, Alex Fasano, would show up to work today because he's so ashamed and embarrassed of his Pittsburgh Steelers for getting whooped at home. And I know the final score is only three. Kind of got whooped at home by Bailey Slappy and the New England Patriots. We'll talk about the game and we'll spin it forward to next week. Or I feel like the Patriots are going to be like a popular side next week as they host the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see what happens next uh, on Sunday with the Bills in Kansas City and the Steelers and the Colts next Saturday in a super high leverage game in the AFC wildcard picture. Power Hour Final Hour will feature all our bets for tonight in the NBA, in the National Hockey League. Uh, maybe we'll give you some gone-too-far college hoops and all of our thoughts for Week 14, side in total, NFL Sunday. Locked and loaded, phenomenal football Friday, December eighth, Christmas around the corner. Ken Barkley, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Yeah, we can. We'll get into obviously the NFL game from last night, uh, which was uh, pretty jarring, honestly, as a as a result. Um, just that the, the Patriots went on the road and won a game. I would definitely talk about the NBA in season tournament, which I, I watched both games of. Uh, Bucks. It seems like the Pacers game was forever ago, and it ended after we got off the air yesterday with them beating the Bucks in like a a really memorable game. And then the second game was only memorable because LeBron completely demolished a team for like the nine millionth time in his career as they beat the Pelicans. So that matchup's awesome. I wanted to start with something real quick. Uh, We clipped off a video earlier today uh, where I was advocating for Tyreek Hill to win MVP, uh, the NFL most valuable player, uh, especially if he gets to 2,000 yards. Like we shared this today. 
and which is great like no no problem at all with that and i i do think he's more alive than i think a lot of people do to win i think he's more alive than his own quarterback to win and, and the prices are certainly different i had a lot of people reach out after our award segments yesterday i wouldn't say in a panic but just like with a, a question that we forgot to answer and it's like a really simple question i want to just do it here to start obviously we'll clip off this segment too and because i i think i glossed over it and i think a lot of people are like oh my god like is this going to happen if if Tyreek Hill and the question I got from at least eight people, honestly, was, oh, if Tyreek Hill wins MVP, do I have to bet someone else to win Offensive Player of the Year? Like if he if he actually has a long shot, like takes this award home, does that upend like a really big position that we have on him to win Offensive Player of the Year? And I could see like if you didn't bet awards a lot, awards a lot, or you just kind of like you know you're a sports fan, but you don't really like know exactly how this stuff works. That's like a legit concern. Like, wait, 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 what? Like, if he wins, what happened? Oh my god! Like, could it get crazy? Um, it's not that he has to win both. If he wins MVP, he has to win Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, in the last like 50 years, every skill position player that won Most Valuable Player also won Offensive Player of the Year. So my, I would just say like, don't. Don't worry. <laughs> like, like it's it's okay. Like, you don't have to, like, false alarm. You don't have to go, like, jam Christian McCaffrey to an offensive player of the year. If it seems like it, like, especially if it becomes more and more likely that Tyreek wins it, like, say, has a huge game against Tennessee on Monday night, really gets close to the 2,000 yards, and this conversation starts to pick up steam. Like, should he win most valuable player if the quarterbacks are all not very good? Uh, don't worry. And imagine if you're a voter. Like you, you can't not vote him offensive player of the year, like hoping he gets MVP. Like you have to put him number one offensive player of the year. Cause like he is deserving of that award and you would never want him to not get both. Cause you like thought you made a, you made a judgment call that you thought he was going to win most valuable player. So uh, if he wins offensive player of the year, an MVP that would fit very well historically. If he wins most valuable player, he does not become ineligible for offensive. You're all good. It's okay. Like, and I, I think he's obviously very likely to win at least one of those awards, Offensive Player of the Year, maybe gets MVP too. I I think it would be funny. Not funny, but Tyreek went for 2,000 receiving yards. It was, well, you know, Christian McCaffrey did go for 1,300 on the mm -hmm. ground. I think we yeah, have our AJ Offensive Brown? Player of the Year. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. well yeah. you know what? Did you, you saw Monday Night Football. Jamar Chase yeah. is back. Mm. Jake Browning's Joe Burrow. Just saying. Jake Browning Offensive Just... Player of the Year. Yeah, think about I'll it. tell you what, the Bengals got slammed today, right? Like, like, like Jake Browning is the offensive player of the year. That went from plus one to minus two. But the, the time I went to bed last night and time I woke up this morning, that was a little surprising to me. Can that that move in the market? Yeah, those uh, last like twenty four hours, it, it had they had become a small favorite when we got off the air yesterday, but it got pushed out a little more today. And just consistent to your point, consistent action on uh on the Bengals in that game and I'll, I'll also uh i'll say it'll be we're just as we keep monitoring like the the weather for these nfl games so we'll do picks at the end of the show and like monitoring this stuff so the tyreek thing wanted to get that out of the way and then also i i don't know if we're gonna have the crazy weather we thought we were gonna have. like i i just we're kind of like on the on the knife edge uh usually we talk about being on the knife edge in terms of game results like oh like i almost won i almost lost and went the other way we're on like the knife edge of bad weather conditions this week it seems like baltimore is the one that's the most likely but it's just kind of like we're not totally sure and uh we'll do maybe a little bit of this in the pick segment if you knew for sure it was going to be bad which we don't but if you did 
if you did it, uh, if you if you if you could read the forecast correctly, then uh, then there are like some bets that are really, really fun in those games that are open in a lot of places. The prop markets for all those games have opened uh, and been open for about 24 hours and some of them open today. And there are some really fun bets. If uh, if you if you know, if you wake up uh, tomorrow and the forecast starts looking way worse, you want to make some really fun bets on on like weather type stuff. There are some really fun bets in those games, too. We can go over. Yeah. And, I, and just like I'm looking at uh, NFLweather.com right now. Um, it looks like the two worst weather games as of right now would be uh, Monday night with the Giants hosting the Packers with like winds approaching 20 miles per hour with Tommy DeVito and Jordan Love. And then uh, in New Orleans with the Saints and the Panthers, 22 mile per hour wins. Also, they play in a dome. So I think like they'll, they'll, they'll be okay in New Orleans for the Saints and the Panthers. So maybe we do get like a, a, normal, a normal Sunday of football coming up. Uh, and I know like the weather was okay last night and the game went over the total obviously in the first half, which was pretty... Pretty unexpected, right, with the Patriots and the Steelers. Did not feel, even though the weather was okay, Ken, did not feel like a normal football game last night. Felt like we were watching something kind of extraordinary, even with, like, two bad teams. And I know the Steelers are still over 500 right now. But it kind of felt like a pretty—it was very entertaining, and I found myself kind of, like, entranced by the game last night. Curious your viewing experience. Obviously, like, your props went well. Trubisky rushing yards over. Anytime touchdown. Scored on the quarterback sneak. All my Hunter Henry stuff hit, so that was really good. But just from a viewing experience, I thought the game was going to be terrible. I actually thought it was, like, really, really good. Yeah, I would say, like, I think Monday night was way better. Like, you drew the comparison between those two. Like, they were both close. So, like, they had that in common. They were at least not blowouts. They were at least not 6 nothing like the Patriots game the last week. I, I found Jags-Bengals to be, like, really, really, really fun as a viewing experience. And this was, like, good, but it was it was kind of just... It was the Patriots built this really significant lead, obviously, and then the Steelers proceeded to just like reuse a term that I used several years ago, like step on rakes for several hours, like just make a series of mistakes, have drive stall. Trubisky makes a lot of errors. Um, they, they get unlucky on a penalty that isn't called and it's called against them instead on a punt. Like it just it was kind of like the Patriots got staked to this lead and then the entire rest of the game was just the Steelers tripping over themselves to try to like get back in the game and being unable to do it. And honestly, and we, we may not talk about this when we do their game specifically like that game market. I mean, basically cost themselves a playoff spot these last two weeks. Like, and, and that's really bad for me. I'm going to take a bath on some Steelers stuff, which is unfortunate of them to miss the playoffs and like Pickett gets hurt. And like they lose to two really bad teams. It was a really bad run out. And, uh, and yeah, like last night, probably like, it's not the nail in the coffin because they're obviously alive for a playoff spot, but like realistically, and unless Pickett comes back way faster than even they're telling you, he's going to come back. seems really unlikely that, uh, that they're going to make the playoffs now, which opens a spot. Maybe it open, opens it for Houston. It's probably the most likely team. Maybe it opens it for Denver. Um, but probably a spot opening in the AFC play. I mean, you, you lose to Arizona and New England at home in back-to-back -back games. Uh, you do two things. You remove yourself from playoff contention, and you basically guarantee that the Chicago Bears will get the number one pick of the draft from the Carolina Panthers, who now obviously they have a multi-game lead now for that distinction. The uh, the tweets coming out last night that that like made up for the Chase Claypool trade were like did make me laugh yeah. last night with what Pittsburgh. I mean, first first and obviously that sucks for you, Ken, as someone that bet the Steelers to make it first team tough. in NFL history. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's brutal. Obviously, it's terrible. And obviously, like the run out like this, like, and I'm not trying to rub it in when I say this is like a, a stat. The first oh, team yeah. in NFL history to be above 500 and lose back to back games to teams that I think had double digit losses, losing to the car both game and both games at home too. I mean, just yep. it's really they're it's big, really they're big bad. favorite in both games. 
you know? Yeah. Like, what Jeez. what can you do? <laughs> what, what what I had I had somebody message me on Wednesday and go, "Hey, like you could still buy out of this like really depending on what price you got in at." Like they were still a minus to me. Obviously, going into last night, they're a big favorite in the game. Like, hey, you could still get out of this. Like, what do you think you should do? Like, you could still get out of this. And I go, well, let me at least get through the Patriots game because they're very likely to win it. And like, then the price will improve, and then maybe I'll get out of it. And I couldn't even get through last night's game. Couldn't even do it. Lose to Arizona. Lose to lose to Bailey Zappi. And you don't deserve to make the playoffs if you do that. Ridiculous. I I wonder if I don't think they'll do this. Maybe they go to Mason Rudolph next week. Yeah, Trubisky was crowd, horrendous crowd last night. Yeah. Well, until until Mason Rudolph starts throwing terrible passes, and then they start then chanting, chanting for like Doug Hodges. Right. <laughs> yeah. Our big band, yeah. they're like, what's, what's Cordell Stewart up to? Right. Uh, on Charlie the other Bats. side, we'll dive. Good, good reference, good pull there. Neil O'Donnell, uh, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, we'll get into the game last night as the Patriots upset the Steelers in Pittsburgh. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Jeffy throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown. Whoa. So Henry, who scored the prior touchdown, went into the medical tent for just a moment, comes back and scores again. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Whoa! I love that call from Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football. I thought Alan Kirk had a nice call of the game last night. They were engaged. It was a good game, obviously. The one criticism I'll have is, and if I were a Steelers fan, I would have been livid about this. There was a drive, like, when the second half started. I think the Steelers went, like, three and out or whatever. Maybe got, like, a first down and then quickly punted after that. Where Al spent the entire Steelers drive talking about, like, will Belichick be back next year to coach the Patriots? Yeah. And like, okay, like, and like, who if he if he is leaving, like, who will know? Is it more than just him, him and Kraft? Like, if he goes somewhere, will he be the GM or just the coach? And I'm sitting there watching, thinking, if I'm a big Steelers fan right now, watching this, I am infuriated right now. That like, it was like an entire an entire drive was like, what's Bill Belichick's future? And like, the game was still very much up in the air at that point. Well, so that was weird. Cla- other than that. Cla- but that's a classic instance where, like, the production staff definitely had that scripted thinking the game was going to be a dog and be like, oh, like, we're going to get a lot out of this in the middle of the game. And they probably just scripted it and did it anyway, like, with, yeah. that, with like, no regard for what was going on. Like, oh, well, let's just do the Belichick thing or be like, you know, the game's, like, way better than you thought it was. Maybe, like, adjust a little bit. Like, they had – because you could tell they had the graphics already. They had, like, all the full screen stuff with him and, like, the accomplishments. Like, they had all – like, that was a very scripted – that was a classic case of just, like, improvise a little bit. Like, the game's good. You don't you don't have to do that there. Like it's it's okay. Like you don't have to serve that. You don't have to serve the blowout audience. It's not a blowout. And just like I think that was a case where they probably just maybe they overthought it or they they just didn't adjust really well. Like how cool would it have been if at the end of the game? So like even like on the review when Z, when Zeke runs for that first down and then they review it and he's like a little bit shorter and they get the first down to ice the game. Like do it there. But the game's, like, basically over. Then it's like, oh, wow, like, there's more gravitas lended to it there, where it's, okay, they won the game, but also everyone's talking about this, like the elephants in the room, like, let's discuss it. I think it right. would have been really good there. Other than that, though, you know, on the Al Kirk meter, I thought this was this one was, this one one was was pretty good. Whoa, yeah. for Hunter Henry. Whoa. Uh, on a, on a, whoa, Nelly. Good gambling on references, a, too. Good gambling yeah, references. Yeah, there were, the, right? When I went over the total, referenced it, like, three times in the next three minutes. It's like, hey, you know, for people who care, like, was wasn't 30 
31. Like, yeah, how about that? You know, just it was just it was funny. And that had been obviously a huge talking point the entire we did that on the show a lot the whole day. Had a bunch of people come on and be like, man, is this total like way too low? Like, how is it's almost like everybody thought it was gonna go over, but couldn't figure out how that was possible. Like, yeah. okay, like I, I think it's gonna go over because it feels like it's artificially low. Also, how the hell is that gonna happen? And the answer is that like Bailey Zappy for like an hour was electric. <laughs> He was really yeah, good. He was great. And then for the and then for the other hour and a half, he was pretty bad. But the the first hour, he was electric. He was really good. And then the game turned into like kind of what everybody expected after that. This is an opinion thing, obviously. Like no one can know the answer to this question. You know, Kirk Herbstreet, I think it might have been with uh, with our guy Big Cat and and on uh, PFT. I'm pardon my take recently. But Kirk Herbstreet, recently, I don't know. Maybe it was the Pat. I don't know what it was. Anyway, Herbstreet said recently that. Al pays no attention to the criticism, and he thinks the like Kirk thinks the criticism of Al is ridiculous, and like Al doesn't care. I kind of feel like Al has heard the criticism, and he's been trying to ramp it up the last couple weeks. And I think it's honestly, I think it's been a lot better. That's my opinion. I can't prove it. Al, if I called Al Michaels, Al would hang up on me. So it's not like I'm talking to Al. He wouldn't even pick he's up the got phone. Better things to do. Hang up on you. That would imply he said hello. Yeah. <laughs> He'd pick up the phone with like a piece of steak. Hello, (laughs) raw meat. Uh, Just last note, and then we'll talk about the game. So Hunter Henry has like the the the, first catch of the game is a touchdown. And I'm like, okay, anytime touchdown, good price. Now let's get this yardage over. And then I see a notification on my phone, like literally that commercial break, Hunter Henry headed to medical tents. And I'm just like, oops, I did it again. (laughs) Like, Chris. Here's Christian Kirk, like, out for the season, basically, after my bet on him. And now Hunter Henry. Thankfully, Henry came back into the game, obviously went over, had a great game, scored a touchdown. Great job by you, Ken, with the Trubisky stuff as well. So the Patriots win the game 21-18. And uh, the headliner, Ken, from a betting perspective. And, you know, at some point, we can maybe talk about the number one pick in the draft, which is now all but certain to go to the Bears via the Carolina Panthers. Is there any way, I was thinking, is there any way they're just going to like keep fields if this goes well, and then they take like Marvin Harrison? I guess they might try and trade the pick, but maybe a little bit of intrigue added now with, with the Bears certain to get that pick via, not certain, but very likely via Carolina. But just like thoughts coming out of the game, and then we can uh, we can turn our attention in a couple minutes to uh, the NBA Cup semifinals with the Pacers beating the Bucks and the Lakers routing the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, I think the, look, the, the betting like takeaways from last night. I mean, I guess, I guess there's something to be said for like contrarianism when a total is like in that range and, you know, like Chernoff came on yesterday and it just goes like, look, a non weather total of 30 is um, it's not that it had to go over. just, it's uh, it's something you don't see very often. Right. And being able to kind of identify those, the things you don't see, we, you know, we'd read all day about how everybody was betting no touchdown and no scoring and under. And um, that was kind of where everybody was. And it's not that like that meant it had to go over, but it did give you an idea for that there was something like atypical going on. There was something like abnormal going on in terms of just how people were betting the game. And I do think those are when you, especially on a really big, high-profile game, when you do have those sent that sentiment. And like, it's not, it wasn't just like you know people that don't know anything that were thinking that. Like we were all thinking that. Like everybody was thinking that about the game when you get that general consensus on a huge game. Um, maybe it does keep the market like a little artificially, like a little too low on a total or a little out on a favorite if there's you know an injury or something like that. So it wasn't interesting. It was a it was a unique dynamic last night. It wasn't like a normal primetime game in terms of how people were treating it, how people were betting it, how the market was shaped. It was it was unique and and trying to kind of file that away. Not even to like always be contrarian or always be opposite, but be able to recognize when that's happening and at least like consider that it might be an opportunity um, to be contrarian or about the opposite side. 
so I just sort of like a, a random lesson and uh, or just something to keep in mind always like with uh, kind of groupthink and, and how markets can get shaped in big games around that stuff. But uh, the biggest thing like from just going forward is going to be like who gets this playoff spot? Like that's going to that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and the results this weekend will obviously go a long way toward dictating that uh, Cleveland, a favorite over Jacksonville, Cincinnati now a favorite over Indianapolis. The Texans now not nearly as big of a favorite over the Jets. Feels like everything's compressing. We have these three or less point spreads with all these teams. Uh, a Broncos a two and a half, three against the Chargers. It's it's all it's all just coin flips. <laughs> That's like just how it feels right now. It's all just coin flip after coin flip after coin flip after for who gets these spots. And uh, and I guess like if there is a, a small takeaway from something we did earlier in the week, and it wasn't like well, this team loses, so this team is more likely like one-to-one because every everybody in the AFC won when the Steelers lost. Like everybody became more likely to win when the Steelers lost, but the Bills became more likely to make it when the Steelers lost. <laughs> like they did, they did. Like this, they need everybody to lose. So one team loses, that's just as good as Cleveland. That's just as good as everybody else. Um, a little, a little like small feather in their cap as they try to like, Honestly, like move on from the Sean McDermott stuff this week and, and win a huge game on Sunday uh, at Kansas City. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, and we'll do this later in the show. Pacheco ruled out in this game for the Chiefs, just for like, and we'll we'll go to the NBA in a second for our live listeners and viewers. If you're in fantasy football and Jarek McKinnon or Cl- both and Clyde Edwards-Alaire are out there on the waiver wire, like we're on the cusp of the fantasy playoffs right now, Pacheco might get placed on IR, and that puts him out for the entire fantasy playoffs, maybe the rest of the regular season. Same shoulder he hurt last year. Like you have to go pick up one or both of those guys, like right now. If you're if you're if you're in contention for the fantasy playoffs, if your opponent has Isaiah Pacheco, get McKinnon, Hilaire, or both. If you have the roster space for both of them, and uh, that that's about a pick 'em now. The Bills and the Chiefs. Baldy on with us on Wednesday, talking about Kansas City. Like, really, should just be a power run team at this point. Play defense and have Mahomes win it at the end. No Pacheco, no power run game, no soup for you. Next. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Phenomenal Football Friday. We'll give you our NFL picks coming up later in the show. P-squared, B-squared for the Patriots and the Steelers. To start next hour, Sam Paniadovich will join us in 10 minutes. Uh, Ken, let's talk about the NBA Cup semifinals yesterday. Uh, Pacers-Bucks goes under the total. Not surprising. We both we both like the under in the game. What was surprising, Indiana wins, and like Bobby Portis gets into it with Adrian Griffin and the teammate, his teammates yep. after the game. Giannis, I'll tell you what, I I, I almost don't care what the, what the price is. I think I'm going to bet the Bucks on Monday against Chicago with how mad Giannis sure. was after this game last Halliburton night. Call it out. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of the sense I get here. The Adrian Griffin stuff, not going great so far for Milwaukee, but also credit to Tyrese Halliburton, who's, like, quickly blossoming into, like, we might be, like, uh, watching the beginnings of, like, a potential, like, all-time player here. And, Ken, I know you've been saying that for a while, that you think that's kind of, like, in his range of outcomes to be that good. He was unbelievable last night, obviously. Pacers beat the Bucks to advance to the uh, the final, where they'll play the Los Angeles Lakers in a rematch of the 2000s. NBA Finals, which the Lakers obviously took down Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Lakers wrecked the Pelicans last night. Zion Williamson no-shows the game, says afterwards. Yeah, I need to be more aggressive, you think? So Lakers and Pacers tomorrow night, Ken, Saturday night for the NBA Cup for 500 grand. I love all the references the players are making to it because you know what? They're real people too, and just like everybody, they love money. Uh, Lakers about a four-point favorite in that game. Thoughts from last night, early thoughts on tomorrow night. 
yeah, I mean, tomorrow night's going to be awesome. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I get this. It's you, you watch all the betting markets for uh, all the awards for this season. And like, look, I, I went back and watched. I didn't watch Pacers, Bucks. Like, we get off the air, second half's going. I got to put my kids to bed and do a couple things around the house. So I tried to like not look at the phone and then go down and like watch the fourth quarter. And I was able to kind of do it to like consume it as if like I had watched it live. And it was awesome. It was electric. Halliburton's insane. Like the no look to Toppin for the alley oop, like in the middle of the fourth, is like, like they didn't even do that play justice on the telecast, and they tried to. Like I just felt like they still didn't capture how awesome it was. Like in the moment, like that play is crazy. It makes a couple other plays. Obviously, they play very well. The Bucks don't even play like that poorly. Just like I feel like the Pacers played really well and uh, and won the game. Obviously, it does the Dame time. Like Ted checks the watch at the end. Lillard talked about that after the game. It was really really fun. So, like, I, I do get the sense, though, and we've done this on the show already a little bit, but now that it's like they've played a national TV game that everyone watched, they're going to play the Lakers tomorrow night. There are no games. They're playing the Lakers. Like, that's that's the game. And it's going to do a huge number in terms of an NBA game and a ton of eyeballs on it, like LeBron, like, taking on this upstart team. It's really cool. And you watch the award markets. I'm struck with a sense of, it feels like we're in almost like a Josh Dobbs type moment right now where Dobbs won those starts for the Vikings and we, we, and like NASA's tweeting about him. And it's just like, we all love Josh Dobbs. Like we would come on on Monday and be like America's team, like Josh Dobbs. And in that moment, it's almost like we were trying to find something to give him from an award standpoint, because we just like him so much. Like we're just like, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, comeback player of the year here you go. Cause like, you're so awesome. We love you. Like take, please take a trophy. Like we just love you. So many got bet down a lot in that market. There just wasn't anything to give him. So like we try, like the market almost made up something and people bet it to give him, even though it made no sense. It just was like, well, this is the only thing we have that's like you're eligible for. So we'll just give you that. But it was really unlikely that he was ever going to win. Like we loved him, but there was just nothing. There was no, there was no Avenue to reward him for what was happening other than just like the winning of the games. That's what I feel like this is. So Halliburton is simultaneously right now being bet for MVP, most improved player, and clutch player of the year. He's being bet in all three markets at the same time, like down. Never mind the fact that he's literally, like, if he wins one, he's ineligible, basically, to win the other two. He was never winning more than one. But, like, also, is he going to win any? I, I think this is another situation where, like, he he doesn't fit in any of these holes. Like he doesn't, it's a square peg round hole thing. He's awesome. We all love him. He's Josh Dobbs. Like it's, we like he's Q ratings through the roof right now. What is he, what can he actually win? Like, I, sorry. Like, I don't think he can win most valuable player. I think it's almost impossible actually. Like his numbers aren't as good as the top guys. His team won't be as good as the top teams. Like that's just where we are right now. He could definitely finish like top three, top five. I compared him to SGA last year in terms of like, like a run to like having a great season. I think that's the ceiling for him for most valuable player. And like, don't be like, these were national TV in season is a weird new thing. So we're all going to obsess over it more than a regular season game. At the end of the year, it kind of counts like a regular season game. That's what the numbers count as. That's what the team record counts as. Like, that's what it is. It's December right now. In April, you won't really care. He played in the semifinal. You won't really care. I think MVP's tough. He got added to most improved player and bet a ton. And this is where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we've done this with this award already. He's way too good to win this. 
way too good. He was way too good last year. You can't, you can't be as good as he was last year and come in and win this award. No one's ever done that. It's, this is SGA all over again, again with this, with this award last year. Like you can't, he was awesome last year. Most improved. What? Like, again, this is Josh Dobbs comeback player of the year again. And if God, if this gives you a price to bet, Maxi or Shengun or the guys who can actually win, awesome. The one, the one award I think he is live for, I don't think he should be the favorite. I don't think whatever. He could definitely win Clutch Player of the Year because he's not going to win MVP. He's not going to win the other stuff. And this is kind of like a weird alternate market. He just has to be awesome in clutch situations for the rest of the season. And it'll be him and Lillard and Trey Young and LeBron and some of these other guys. Like They'll all compete for this if people want to vote for LeBron. So I think he can win that one, but he's, he's getting bet everywhere just because we love him. And it's like, well, if you actually think about can he win this, I don't think he can win like almost any of those awards. Just just curious, who do you think's better, Halliburton or SGA? Oh man, it's like really close. Like they're almost they're like about the same. Like the fourth, okay. fifth best player in the league. Yeah. I think that's I think that's really interesting. All right. On the other side, we'll welcome in our friend Sam Paniotovich a little early on a Friday, but Sammy P gonna give us some football bets for the weekend and the patented chuckle game coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. On the Bet QL Network. We're gonna let it tick down. 30-yard try in essence to win it for Cairo Santos. Play clock at four, good snap, good hold, good kick. Bears are back on top with 10 seconds to go. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That call, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, ESPN, a couple Mondays ago as the Bears took down Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Then the Bears went on their bye, and then uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, lost a couple games to teams in contention for the number one overall pick. And now it looks like the Bears will have the first overall pick via the Carolina Panthers. So already been a good week for the Chicago Bears. Can they make it even better and take down the Lions on Sunday? And let's be honest, more importantly... Can they cover the number against the Lions coming up on Sunday at home? Our pal Sam Paniotovich will join us in just a moment to talk that game and more coming up this weekend, plus the chuckle game. But I want to remind our live audience, 20 minutes from now, we'll be simulcast on Stadium from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll give you P-squared, B-squared, our thoughts on the Patriots and Steelers games in Week 15. Patriots host the Chiefs next Sunday. That was flex for Monday night. Maybe ESPN wishes it hadn't done that at this point with the way Bailey Zappi played last night. So Chiefs-Patriots next Sunday, and then we have the Colts and Steelers. That's a Saturday game next week, Saturday, December 16th. Colin Wilson, Anthony DeBundo, Brad Evans, PJ Glasser, all still to come as guests. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight, and NFL bets for Sunday. And our social segment, YouTube and Twitch, get in your favorite bets for the weekend. We'll talk about them at 5 o'clock Eastern time. But joining us right now, Always love having him on Phenomenal Football Fridays. Did a great job recently on Dan Patrick's betting show, which is really awesome. So love to see our friend Sam Paniotovich getting some shine. Sam is on Twitter at SB Shoot. You watch him talk about sports betting on Nesson. You can read his sports betting writing on FoxSports.com. And also check him out, the Bear Bets podcast with our pal Chris Felica, a Fox Sports podcast. And his sports betting podcast that he hosts is awesome. It's called Chicken Dinner. Check it out wherever you find your podcasts. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? It's going well, boys. Happy Friday. You know, I'm at the point in the season when I'm waking up in the middle of the night and just Tyreek Hill MVP. Like, I wake up and I just jolt myself awake. Like, that's 
the point of the season we're at where I'm going to speak this into existence every opportunity that I can get. And it's, it's funny how that works. You write a story about it for Fox, and then people are telling you you don't know football because it should be Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy. This is as wide open as I can remember an MVP race through 17 weeks. There are six guys that could win it, but Tyreek Hill continuing to make a case to be the first receiver to do it. Sam, let me ask you, because I know, like, if I ask you, like, <laughs> do you like Tyreek Hill to win? Like, I, you bet, for people who don't know, Sam bet Tyreek at a really big price. The ticket is looking really, really awesome, like, as the price continues to come down. And and I, I, we would imagine it would come down even more because he plays Tennessee on Monday night, could score, you know, a million touchdowns in that game. Who is the player, like, you're holding a Tyreek ticket for a ton of money. I'm sure people out there maybe bet him or have started to bet him to win this award. Who is the player you're the most worried about? You mentioned in the middle of the night you wake up, like, Tyreek Hill, MVP, like, who gives you the nightmares? Like, is it Dak? Is it Purdy? Is it someone we're not talking about right now? Like, who's the player you're the most worried about that you think separates you from cashing that ticket? Lamar Jackson gives me the the biggest scare because of, you know, not only Baltimore being a really good football team, he's putting up awesome numbers this season. I mean, we're talking about a quarterback that could throw for, let's see, he's got 2,600 yards. I don't know that he gets to 4,000 through the year. But we're talking about a 3,500 passing yard quarterback and then a guy who's going to rush for, you know, close to 1,000 on a team that could be the number one AFC seed. So that's something that sort of makes me nervous. I, I still think it's lazy to say that, you know, Purdy and Prescott are the MVPs. I, I, I don't think they're the best players in football. Um, Jalen Hurts has, has been good, not great. Two is not even the best player on his own team. And then Mahomes just hasn't found rhythm with these receivers. But there's still, you know, several weeks to go. So somebody could raise his game and, and potentially take off. I think if Lamar goes bananas against the, the Rams this weekend and gets like three touchdowns or something, Ravens move to 10-3, and three, he's going to get more shine. And well-deserved, too, because he's really playing well this year. Lamar scares me the most, though, of all those guys. You better you bet with Nick and Kennedy. It's a Friday. Let's roll the football bets coming up with our pal Sammy P. We'll get to the chuckle game as well. Sammy, what do you have for us on Sunday from your neck of the woods, Chicago at Soldier Field? Is the Bears about a three, three-and-a-half-point home dog against Jared Goff and the Lions? Last memory I have of Jared Goff playing in 30-degree Chicago is when the Rams rolled into town in December of 18, and all he did was cry about how cold it was, I can't feel the ball. He threw four interceptions. He's such a nerd when it comes to playing in cold weather, and they got rolled in that game. Now, look, that doesn't mean it's going to happen this weekend, but this is an outdoor team playing an indoor team in the elements, potentially. It might snow. 27 degrees is below. The Bears guys were also the better team against Detroit in the first meeting this year. They were better for 56 minutes before they fell apart down the stretch. They're going to run the ball well. Fields is a quarterback that does exactly what he needs to do against a defense like this. The Lions are really bad against broken plays, and Fields obviously can hurt them with his arm and his legs. Plus, I get the hook, three and a half. There are three and a halfs in the market, a lot of three showing up, but I think Chicago is very live to win this game on Sunday at home. Sam, let's stay in the NFC North. The Vikings will head to Vegas. Kind of a fun game. Josh Dobbs is obviously going to keep starting at quarterback. Kevin O'Connell said that. Justin Jefferson comes back. Uh, and a pretty interesting market, pretty interesting point spread. The Vikings opened a little less than three. Now a consensus three-point favorite everywhere uh, with a total of 40 and a half. What do we like here? We laid two, two and a half, Kenny. But at three, I still think you could do it. That's it, though. That's the last number you can lay. You're not laying three and a half here on the road. 
Justin Jefferson is back, as we all know, and I think that just sort of puts everybody back to their respective roles. It makes life easier on everybody in purple. Life is easier on Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, the run game, the quarterback. Everything is easier when JJ's out there. Not that he's going to go for 10 and 102 touchdowns, but just him being out there, it, it makes everybody go back to normal. And really, Minnesota's defense has been a lot better last six weeks than it was in the first six weeks. They've really tightened up. The Raiders are super hit or miss on offense with the rookie, Aiden O'Connell. I think the key to this game is Daniel Hunter. If him and his buddies can pressure the pocket, make things uncomfortable for a rookie, the Vikings will be in a very good position here. I respected the move a lot at minus two, two and a half, and I still think at three you can lay Minnesota. All right, Sammy, let's go to the uh, to the NFC South for this Falcons-Bucks game on Sunday in Atlanta, where the current market has Atlanta as a two-point favorite, two-point home favorite. Total's been bet up to 41, some defensive injuries for Tampa, obviously. Ken and I will detail that when we give our picks for the game, our picks on Friday for the game coming up at the end of the show. Uh, any bets here, please, for Atlanta and Tampa on Sunday in the NFC South? Last game, these two played 16-13. to 13. You go, ah, oh, that's, a, that's a bad game, right? Wrong. There were 740 yards of offense between Tampa and Atlanta in the first meeting. That's usually indicative of a game that's 27-24 or 30-27. It didn't really add up. I mean, these guys were moving the ball up and down the field. The problem, five turnovers and two 24-yard field goals. That's going to kill any total. If it's 37, 47, 57, it doesn't matter. But I think that these offenses are a lot more efficient than people think. Tampa's healthy. Mike Evans looks awesome. And and this number at 41, yeah, it's a low total, but it's not actually that low compared to some of the other totals. We saw a game totaled 30 yesterday. There are a handful of games totaled between 31 and 36. This is actually a higher total for the modern-day NFL with backup quarterbacks and bad offense. I agree with Adam Turnoff again. I did it last week, followed him on a total. I actually liked this one before I talked to him. I know he's on over 40. At 41, I, 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 yeah, I like it still. 27-14 is safe. 21-20 is safe. Um, so over 41, Bucks and Falcons. Sam, not uh, not just NFL this weekend, obviously Army-Navy and the Heisman ceremony, but Army-Navy tomorrow afternoon. It is really funny you talk about like all the low totals. Normally we'd look at this market and be like, ha, like total 28, that's so funny. Be like, actually we've had that like seven times this year already. We almost had it last night in an NFL game. So it just kind of looks a little more standard now. Uh, Army, a, about a field goal favorite, two and a half, three, total 28. I was happy to see it, uh, to see how to play in this game. What is it here in about a minute? And we'll we'll save time for the chuckle game. Cut this game in fours, boys, like a, like a big old pizza. We're going to take the first quarter under six and a half. And I know you're thinking, oh, this guy's a degenerate. Well, no. I mean, these offenses are going to run, 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 punt early. Run, run, incomplete punt. This is going to be like watching Iowa play Iowa. And you know what I mean by that. I need under six and a half after the first quarter. Not a lot of big plays. Not a lot of home run hitters. Three nothing, three, three, six nothing. Hell, I'll take zero, zero, but I'm under in the first quarter. Uh, but then for people that want to be like, oh, like what kind of bet is that? Uh, Sam also gave out Iowa first half team total under in the Big Ten title game. They could have had like nine halves, and I don't think they would have scored against Michigan. That one was pretty good last week. Sam, we got about a minute to go here. Um, let's roll it out, my friends. What is the chuckle game coming up for this week? Complete, please, with rotation number. 
We're looking at 308.905, and this number has actually come crashing down today. I mean, this was 50 yesterday, and now I see a 46 at Circa, uh, 47 offshore. There's a 48 at a couple shops um, in this country right now. My number on South Dakota State Villanova is 38 to 20. So I'm 58. I'm going over 46, 47, 48. Let's just call it 48. Anything 48 or less, we're going to go over. South Dakota State is really, really good. They might win big, but Villanova can score. We had that Villanova over last week. 308-905, Nova, South Dakota State. Let's go over. It's called 47-48. And let's, let's laugh all the way to the bank. Sammy, we love having you on the show. We sincerely appreciate you making the time for us. Sammy got his holiday party coming up tonight in Boston, so I, I'm a little, a little little jealous of Sammy for that. So Sam's going to have a great time. Uh, and we look forward to the bartender picks coming up this week. I think the bartender's been hot recently. If you're interested in that, I would encourage you to do so. Follow Sam on Twitter at SBShoot. Watch him on Nesson, FoxSports.com, the Bear Bets podcast, Chicken Dinner podcast, and talking with our pal Dan Patrick about sports betting as well this week. The great Sam Paniotovich, my friend. We sincerely appreciate it. Good luck with all the bets. Stay well. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being flexible, and uh, make sure you pass the chuckle game to Stadium. They're going to need that, all right? <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> Our pal Sam Fadionovich joining us here. Right out of the uh, game. You better. You better. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. He was, he was talking about Tyreek, and uh, obviously, like, like I, you know, I, I have a position now on Tyreek. Like, I'm kind of rooting for him to get this ticket home, and it'd be fun. He has, like, 125 to 1 or 175 to 1, something like that on him to win MVP. Like, uh, Mina Kimes, who obviously does NFL for ESPN, like, a ton of followers, like, huge, huge following, tweeted two things yesterday that made me really happy. Uh, the first is that she thinks Dak is the MVP at this point in the season. Blasted that out to her followers. Love that. And the second thing was, she's like, Tyreek's more live than people think. And I was just like, read both. Just, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Dig it. Hour one done. Hour two for you. Coming up on the other side. Great guests will join us, but we will start the hour. P squared, B squared for the Pats and the Steelers in week 15. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. (laughs) On the BetQL Network.